Hi, this is Bill Woods broadcasting to you today from a very kind of dreary, cold day in Sun Valley. And, and uh, we got down to 17 last night. The high today is 37. And this is Arizona, for pity's sakes. I wanted to talk to you today about something that's been on my mind. We've been talking about uh, at church about winning people to the Lord, about uh, trying to make new converts. And I've entitled this, Don't Tell Them Jesus Loves Them Until You're Ready to Love Them Too. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. You know, no matter who, what, or where you are, you can do something to make the world better. You're important. You count. One of the most dramatic illustrations is the story of Ah Chai, an eight-year-old leper girl in South China. Hungry, alone, and wasting away with disease, gnawing at her young flesh and bones, Ah Chai's life reached its supreme tragedy one hot summer day when she was driven from her home village by the villagers, wanting to rid themselves of her pollution. The heartless, cruel mob, armed with sticks and stones, shoved and pummeled her until leprosy seemed fated to be cheated of its victory. A missionary saw the commotion and ran to see what was happening. He ran to the middle of the crowd, saw the child's condition. He bent down, scooped up Achai in his arms while the crowd shouted, Unclean! Unclean! Cradled in his arms, she stopped crying, but only for a moment. The torrent of tears began again. Now they were tears of gratitude that someone cared. Why do you bother about me? she asked between sobs. The missionary swallowed hard and answered, Because God made you, and he made me, and that makes you my little sister and makes me your brother. I'm going to take care of you. You'll never be hungry or homeless again. But but how can I pay? Achai asked. The missionary smiled and shook his head for silence. All you have to do, all God wants you to do, is to return his love by showing that love to as many others as you can. Promise? A nod of her tear-stained face was the eloquent reply. That was when Ache was eight years old. She died three years later, just after her 11th birthday. In those three years, she did bring God's love and peace into the lives of all the other lepers where she lived under the missionary's care. She sang to them, dressed their sores, fed them. Most of all, she loved them. When she died, they expressed their gratitude along with thousands of other Chinese from the surrounding countryside, saying, Our little bit of heaven has gone back to heaven, and they'd point upwards. Just as Ah Chai caught the vision of Christ in terms of herself and the world, we can too, and our power for good will become more effective and far-reaching. But we'll never reach people by telling them how Jesus loves them if we're not willing to love them ourselves. John thirteen thirty four and 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. And also... Uh, are to love one you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. I was thinking about a guy by the name of Bob Askins there in, in Pullman, Washington. He was a hard case. 
He, uh, every time I would call on him, he would throw me out uh, eventually because he wanted nothing to do with Jesus. We'd start out with a nice conversation, and then I'd begin telling him how he needed to accept Christ as his Savior. And he would turn on me and, and uh, tell me that I thought that I was better than him, and I wasn't. And I said, no, that wasn't it. And he then said, I, I want you to leave. He didn't believe a good God would sacrifice his son on a cross, and therefore he rejected any thought about accepting God into his life. And I remember that we kept praying for him and asking God to, to reach him, but uh you know, he, he he continued to be a hard case. And then one night after I'd called on him on Friday, one Sunday night I was preaching just at the end of the sermon. He burst in the back door of the church, came to the altar, sobbed and prayed and accepted Christ as his personal Savior. And what a glorious time that was. Then a couple weeks later, he began to having these horrible headaches, and and finally it was diagnosed he had a brain tumor. And make a long story short, he went surgeries and stuff, but he ended up dying. But he told me how happy he was that he had accepted Christ before he knew that he had a brain tumor, that he had accepted Christ because he wanted to, not just because he was afraid of dying. You know, God wouldn't let me give up on him, so I kept going back and letting him know that God loved him and I loved him too. And finally, because I demonstrated God's love to him, he got saved. Praise God. I was thinking about Harvey Shapiro, a Jewish guy. He kind of looked like Harpo Marx. And he hated Christians. And he used to tell me, don't tell me about your guad. And he would be repulsive in the way he would take God's name in vain and everything. I'd call at his house, and uh, he he was rude. He uh, didn't want me there. His wife would bring chocolate chip cookies out, set them on the coffee table, and he'd put his stinky old feet up right beside the plate to make them as unappetizing as he possibly could. And, and I remember that, you know, I was very perplexed about him. How do you reach a guy like that? He was one of the most unlovable people that I'd ever met. One day... I got a call that he was in a nearby restaurant, that he was so depressed that he was contemplating suicide. And uh, I, I went over to the restaurant. I sat down, and I talked to Harvey, and I prayed with Harvey. And Harvey then realized that he needed Jesus Christ as his Savior. And so he prayed and asked the Lord to forgive him of his sins. And, and for the next two years... I met with Harvey every morning in my church office. We'd have devotions, and I'd try to disciple him. Make a, a story again to tell how it happened. He, he became a Nazarene pastor. Praise the Lord. But, you know, the reason I was able to lead him to the Lord was because Marty and I had shown him enough love that he was finally willing to recognize Christ's love. Harvey is dead now. He's, he's in heaven, and I praise God for the fact that he found Jesus as his Savior. And by the way, just a footnote, his Jewish parents that were going to uh, disown him because he had left the Jewish faith, accept, accepted Christ as his Savior, eventually they accepted Christ as their Savior too. And so praise God for the bonus here. You know, the biggest mistake that most preachers and evangelists make is not telling people why they need to repent for their sinful living. 
to con- or why they need to confess their sins to Christ and ask his forgiveness and invite Jesus to take charge of their heart and life. Most of the time they present a generic reason for praying to get saved, like Jesus can fulfill your life, or your life will be better if you accept Christ, or Jesus offers peace in these troubled times. These things are all true. But the main reason you need to get saved is because if you don't, you're going to end up in hell for eternity. God doesn't want you to go to hell. It wasn't created for you. It was created for Satan and his fallen angels and not for any you or any human, uh, human being. If you go there, it'll be as an intruder and in spite of God, not because he sent you there. In fact, God doesn't send people to hell. They make that choice. You will make that choice if you accept Christ as your Savior or if you reject him. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, they put a curse on all their descendants. Ever since then, their sin of rebellion has been passed on to all their descendants from generation to generation. We are born with a rebellious sin nature that must be dealt with. When, and when we understand that and understand that we need a Savior, we can come to a place where we can make our peace with God. We cannot rid ourselves of this sin nature and are bound for hell unless someone provides a remedy for us. Well, that someone was the Son of God, Jesus, who came to pay the penalty for our sins since the wages of sin is death. And in in Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Only someone who was a member of the human race and had no sins of his own to repent for, could satisfy the sacrifice needed for our forgiveness. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, stepped into history for that very purpose. He is part of the Godhead, and he stepped into history and became a human to solve our sin problem. He is the only one who can forgive our sins and save us from hell and ready us for heaven. He can do this because he had no sin of his own that he had to repent for so he could take my sins and your sins upon himself and provide the sacrifice needed to provide salvation for us. You know, we must ask God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin because God will not let sin into his new heaven. If you want to get into God's holy heaven, it's going to be because you've allowed God to forgive your sins and transform you into a new creature. It was sin that caused sickness, misery, and death in the first place, and God will not allow that to happen again. But it says in, in Revelation twenty one twenty seven, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, meaning heaven, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. When we understand this and ask Jesus to be our Savior, we are forgiven of our sin and adopted into God's family as one of his children. We will have a home in heaven and we will become joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We need to pass that wonderful news along to others lost in sin so they can be forgiven and part of God's kingdom too. To do that, we must show them that we love them because God loves them. We can't tell them that Jesus loves them unless we love them too. Otherwise, it just won't ring true to them. 
and they will reject our message. You know, when we lived in Portland, we demonstrated God's love to as many people as we could, and there were a lot of street people out there. There was Seaford and Martin and Aaron and David and Gabby, and, and I, in fact, Marty and I used to joke that we were the only pastor and wife who knew all the street beggars by name. We had a Thanksgiving dinner uh, one year, and, and we had 17 homeless at our Thanksgiving dinner. These were just a sampling of people we tried to love into the kingdom because God loves them and sacrificed so much for them. You know, uh, one of the things that really bothered me back then is some neighborhood boys were playing with their skateboards on the church parking lot, and two of our sour old men came and chased them off. And I, I told them, don't ever do that. And I was never able to get those kids to come back because they felt these two old men were angry and put out them, put out at them and failed to demonstrate love and concern for these young souls. The kids picked up on that and refused to come back. You know, once a person catches a glimpse that God can use them to reach people for Christ personally and individually, everything takes on a new aspect. But you won't convince anyone Jesus loves them until you're willing to love them yourself. A soldier was coming home from Vietnam. He called his parents from San Francisco. Mom and Dad, I'm coming home, but I've got a favor to ask. I have a friend I like to bring with me. Sure, they replied. We'd love to meet him. There's something you should know, he continued. He was hurt pretty bad in the fighting. He stepped on a landmine and lost his arm, or lost an arm and a leg. He has nowhere else to go, and I want him to come live with us. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, son. Maybe we can help him find somewhere to live. No, Mom and Dad, I want him to live with us. Son, said the father, you don't know what you're asking. Someone with such a handicap would be a terrible burden on us. We have our own lives to live, and we can't let something like this interfere with our lives. I think you should just come home and forget about this guy. He'll find a way to live on his own. The son hung up the phone. The parents didn't hear from him anymore. A few days later, the San Francisco Police Department called them. Their son had died after falling from a building, and the police believed it was suicide. The grief-stricken parents flew to San Francisco and were taken to the city morgue to identify their son's body. They recognized him, but to their horror, they discovered something they didn't know. Their son had only one arm and one leg. Those parents were so too, like too many of us are. We find it easy to love those who are good-looking or fun to have around, but we don't ha like people who inconvenience us and make us uncomfortable. We'd rather stay away from people who aren't as healthy or beautiful or smart as we think we are. I remember that there were six little fat boys at McDonald's one day, and the manager came out and ran them off because he thought they were uh, bad for the other customers to see them there in the restaurant. And I, I don't remember they were doing anything out of the ordinary, except he just didn't want them loitering there in the mm -hmm. restaurant. You know, several years ago, I was working as a speaker at the Nazarene Church Camp in Pine, Camp Pine Rock in Prescott, Arizona. 
I had some time, so Marty and I went to the Prescott Mall where we were met by uh, two paraplegic young men rolling down the corridor in their wheelchairs. They asked if I would straighten one of the boys who was slipping out of his chair. Would I please come and situate him so he was back in the chair and, and more comfortable and less terrified of falling out? Well, I did, and they said they had asked others, but nobody else would help them. They thanked me and said that they knew when they saw me and they saw Marty that we were Christians and we would help them. I was glad that I had taken the time to help them and had not acted like so many others who just didn't want to be bothered. Thankfully, there's someone who won't treat us that way, someone who loves us unconditionally and welcomes us into the forever family, regardless of how messed up we are. Matthew twenty-five forty says, And the king will answer them, Truly I send you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers. You did it to me. Could someone, I, I, I found a, a, a notation here. Could someone help me out? My little brother has no food. He has been three days since he ate a real meal. His dad ran out on him earlier this year. I thought I'd ask you for help because you're a Christian. One of my sisters ran away from home because she overheard a conversation about her being a mistake. She told me that nobody cares, but she'll be back in a few days. Would you go over and tell her somebody does care? She just needs some attention. And, and then there's that elderly lady that lives down the street. You know, the one, that, the dirty, smelly lady that no one likes. She's out of medication and she has no money to buy more. Please help. She'll die if she doesn't get the medicine. Oh, yeah, I hate to be a bother, but I know that that this man in the hospital, the doctors give him only 48 hours to live. There's no hope for improvement. I'm really concerned because he's not ready to meet God. Is there any way you could go and tell him how he can get saved? Please, could you help? There are so many people I know in your hometown, even on your street, who could use a little help. I see so many sick, lonely, hurting, and lost people. Some need encouragement, some food, some clothing. Some need attention, and others just need a few odd jobs done around the house that they can't do. There are kids with no parents, elderly folks with no children, Teenagers who feel unloved and men and women who are facing divorce. They all need help. Please, could you help? Look at the broken homes and broken hearts around you. All the needs you can meet. Please, could you help? I, I won't keep you any longer, but I do need your help. Just remember this last thing the next time you see a hurting or needy soul in front of you. Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Thank you. Love Jesus. One last thought. A soldier was wounded in battle. The padre or the priest crept out and did what he could for him. He stayed with him when the remainder of the troops retreated. In the heat of the day, he gave him water from his own water bottle while he himself remained parched with thirst. In the night, when the chill frost came down, he covered the wounded man with his own coat and finally wrapped him up in even more of his own clothes to save him from the cold. 
In the end, the wounded man looked up at the padre. Padre, he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? The man said, well, I try to be. Then said the wounded man, if Christianity makes you a man do for, excuse me, if Christianity makes a man do for another man what you have done for me, tell me about it because I want it. I think the thought I want to leave with you is don't tell them Jesus loves them until you're ready to love them too. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I pray that you'll help us to be able to see the needs around us. Help us to learn to love others. Lord, there's so many people that are lost out there and on their way to eternal hell. I know that you don't want anybody to go to hell. We don't want anybody to go to hell. We, we need to love people that you love. You love them more than we do. And I pray you'll give us opportunity to reach souls for you. And Father, if there's some listening that don't know you as their own Savior, please, I pray that they'll ask you to forgive them and to come into their lives too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. This is again Bill Woods. I address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86039. And I, I would remind you that I do have the podcast under the title lowercase church of the Galilean.com. My email address is lowercase r e v w m w w o o d s at gmail.com. And, and I would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, find him while there's still time. And if you do know Jesus as your Savior, look around and find somebody that you can love in Christ's name and bring them to a point where they will find Christ too. God bless. Talk to you later. Let me make a correction on that zip code. It's 86029, not 3929. Thank you. God bless.